If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Way back when, the CIA injected acid right into the eyeballs of mental patients in the name of science. They really didn't know what the hell was going to happen, least of all that each of the patients would claim to see the same rainbow-coloured spectre known as Ira Rat. I'm here for the party, the kaleidoscopic reality bender announced, dancing to disco music that wasn't there. And if you've got any chips, I'll take those too. Years went by and poor Ira got lots of chips, but no party. Not until today, that is. Prepare your funky chicken ass because this episode, this is the party. I first read today's story, Last Good Day Before Goodbye, in Ira's recent collection, Pacifier, and instantly knew that it needed to be an episode of this podcast. It's melancholic and funny and makes you feel all weird inside, like how you feel the moment before you snort a line of sriracha and mainline a London tube train. I like it, and I reckon you will too. On narration duties, we have Josh Curran, a writer and podcaster himself. Go check out his podcast, Miscreation, for spooktastic fun times. But today's story is Last Good Day Before Goodbye, written by Ira Ratt and narrated by Josh Curran. My fucking feet hurt, and I want to quit. We've been walking for the past couple of hours, and I'm over it. I know that today is supposed to be a nice gesture, something to put me at ease, but... It's more awkward than when I had agreed to it. I should be grateful, I know. After all, she was willing to do this for me. Wherever you want to go, she said at the beginning of the day, trying to muster up as much enthusiasm as she could. Clearly, she was just going through the motions for my sake. Could you blame her? It was just one last good day before goodbye. We'd already gone through a couple of museums that were within walking distance, Unfortunately, most of the exhibitions have been pretty mediocre. I've often wondered how many people could have painted the Madonna with an anatomically incorrect baby Jesus, and without fail, there was always a dozen more in all their glory. For a while, I had become obsessed with depictions of Saint Sebastian, though after seeing a score of those, I began to realise that there were only so many places that the artist could think to put the arrows. 
I picture myself with my arms held outstretched behind my back as a volley of arrows pierce my body. The crowd that had gathered looks on in bemused detachment. Oh, look, hun, another martyr. This must be our lucky day. I thought for sure that there wouldn't be anything at all to watch. I just stand there and watch them watch me as I bleed out, keeping the pose like I was waiting for someone to whip out a pallet and canvas to capture the moment in all its gory glory. Nobody cares. I wait for nothing until everything goes black, surrounded by a pool of my own making. Martyred without the recognition of being one. I guess that's how it should be. The ones that were remembered must have been show-offs. Back in reality, I am still here, looking at what's playing at the art house theatre we had come upon. Most of the movies look like low-budget potential token Oscar noms. I read the little capsule reviews on Xerox cardstock. Shit. 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 Seen it. Hate her. Oh shit, no way! God, I hadn't seen that in forever, and never on the big screen. This might actually be my lucky day, but probably not. She nods in agreement as I tell her that there is in fact a movie that I want to see playing. Her lack of enthusiasm doesn't put a stop to mine. Had she seen it? Oh fuck, you haven't? She buys the tickets, and we escape the August heat into the cool, gentle, air-conditioned purr of the movie theatre. I swear, you'll love this. We sit and watch the movie, my feet growing less achy as the movie rolls on. As with all movies that you love, it's over too fast. So in a blink, we're back out walking the street, and my feet pick up their complaints where they left off. God, that gets better every time I see it. What did you think? I ask, knowing full well from the look on her face she wasn't terribly impressed. She shrugs, and we come to an impasse of what to do next. I think to ask her what she wants to do, but she doesn't have any suggestions. After all, it was my day. If she were the one to pick what we did, it would be hers. And if it was hers, she definitely wouldn't be walking around the city doing the stupid shit that I like to do. If it were her day, she wouldn't even be with me. It kind of goes without saying, you know. I do have to say, she's being an awfully good sport about it. She owes me less than nothing. She doesn't notice, but sometimes I see her looking at me with a sad little smile on her lips, as if she were getting some kind of enjoyment out of watching me do the things that I enjoy. That is kind of hard to ignore, honestly. Or maybe I'm just projecting. I picture me and her on a beach somewhere. Maybe that's what she would prefer to be doing. We would watch the tide roll in as the sun started to set in some tropical locale that I wouldn't even begin to know the name of because I, I don't know places like that. I've never been out of the city. The city was my home. It was where I was born, and if all goes well, I'll die here too. A few heads in front of us, I see a couple kiss. Holding hands as they walk, I get a sudden urge to hold her hand. Fat chance of that, though. That was the first thing that she had told me before we even started this little trip around. Nothing affectionate. That's not what this is about. Okay, I had said. Okay. My hand had started to gravitate towards hers subconsciously, but I jerked it back and put it into my pocket. Even if she were to show a little mercy and had held it, 
That's all it would have been. Mild comfort, not a genuine desire to connect. I could have been anyone to her. What's the point of affection if it means nothing? She asks where I want to eat. Again, it's my day after all I should pick. As with every time I've been asked this question, nothing really sounds all that fantastic. We're surrounded by a couple dozen restaurants within a few blocks, and none of them scream, Eat me! I shrug and say that we should just go to the next place that we come across, which is an Indian restaurant. I could have chosen much worse if I had sat there contemplating it. This would do, considering. We both order curries with different kind of meat, but decide to split an order of aloo tiki. The smells of the restaurant are alien from the distance of memory, but quickly become familiar to me. The food is hot and good, the conversation is kind of cold and not that great. I ask her how her work is. She says that her editor has been on her ass for a week to get the next draft of her novel done. Oh yeah, I said, I can't wait to read it. I said without a trace of irony. Though this makes her frown. Do you ever have those moments in your life where you wish that you could read somebody's mind? She makes me want to, so I can figure out this whole situation. Out of all the comic book superpowers, reading minds had to be the one that would help out in just about every social situation. Especially for guys like me. I tend not to see all the social cues. Would she have held my hand? It's not like I would have another chance after tonight. Women. Can't read their mind. Can't ask them what they're thinking. You learn the second part the hard way. What you want to do next? She asked, though I could see from her expression that she was tired and probably had enough of placating me, even though it had been her idea. After all, I had not asked her for any of this. Though, considering how much she had to put up with, I'm sure it was time to let her go on with her life. We can go back, I said with a little sigh. It's time to rip the band-aid off, no? The room was cold. A little too cold to be comfortable, even though we had spent the day walking around in the heat. The dampness chilled me to the bone. Looking at her out of the corner of my eye... I could see that she seems a little upset. I wished there was something that I could do to comfort her, but considering everything, I'm not sure that would be appropriate for me to do. So, how was your day out? The man with the clipboard asked us. She shrugged and looked down, not being able to make eye contact with either of us. I slowly shake my head. Yes. Like, it was good as it could be though it would be inappropriate to respond with much of anything, considering the circumstance. Fantastic, he said with all the fake enthusiasm of a well-paid methody. Sign here. He held the clipboard out for me, and I signed, the cheap bick leaving a smear of ink as I signed my name. State law requires me to remind you that this procedure, while being a benefit for the overall well-being of the city, is completely voluntary. He added with the kind of weight that only comes with practice. I shake my head. Yes. I know. Fantastic! Alright, while the nurse is getting ready, I just wanted to personally thank you for your service. 
he said before I fucking my chaperone right in front of me. On a personal note, I think you're a hero. He continued on with his pre-written routine. You're all heroes, I mean. He nodded his head behind him to a pile of bodies. There must be fifty or sixty of them. Six or so deep. The bottom ones had started oozing from the weight. I wonder how often they actually clean out this room. After all, you're just the first wave. We'll all be along eventually. The fake modesty in his voice made me cringe. Yeah, I know, everyone will one day be where I'm going. I thought to myself a little bitterly. It had been my choice to make, but the smugness almost made me want to tell him to go fuck himself, grab my chaperone's hand and run out the door. Would she have come with me? It's not like we even knew each other. Hell, one of the rules is that I don't even know her name. Had I fallen for her in just a couple of short hours walking around the city? Or was this just cold feet? Too late to turn back now, I thought to myself. The nurse came in wearing a candy striper outfit from a different era. A bit of theatrics, I thought, as she brought out the big silver tray with the needle on it. Did they have to make euthanasia any more dramatic? I was volunteering, after all. I wonder what kind of focus group had approved this. Mr. Mater D points me to a chair. Here you go, his motion tells me, and I do what I'm told. The nurse comes over and opens the one-time-use alcohol swab before applying it to the inside of my elbow. Is this completely necessary? I think to myself, it's not like I'm going to get an infection after I'm dead. Better safe than sorry, I'm sure they would say. I wonder how much money the city would save if they didn't do these swabs, or if they just used one of those bolt guns they use on cattle. I'm sure that was deemed inhumane, whatever that means, I think to myself. Whatever. Beggars can't be choosers. What was inhumane was living in this city without prospects, without a future, without a woman. Like, whatever her name is, on your arm. The nurse pokes me with the needle and sends the chemicals into my veins. It feels like a warm glow spreading throughout my body. I feel the sunshine on my skin as she and I stand on the beach. She kisses me and we lock eyes and everything is right with the world. Everything is beautiful. All right, some housekeeping here, the man with the clipboard said, snapping me back into the room. State law prohibits us from actually moving you after you... after it's done. He looks a little bashful, but you can tell that he's had to say this to hundreds, if not thousands of people before. They don't want the union breathing down their neck if we hurt our backs, so um, I'm unfortunately going to have to ask you to climb onto the top of the pile. I stand dazed, not believing what I'm hearing, but then I hear the magic word, please, if you don't mind. I slowly start walking towards the mountain of dead flesh and put my hand down into the first available crevice, which just happens to be a forty-year-old woman's mouth. Her linen glasses reflect my ghost as I look down. I stick my fingers in and start pulling up my weight. Her jaw comes down, and it hurts but it isn't enough force to break the skin. Next, I grab onto someone's hip, and up I go. King of the mountain! From down below, I hear him saying, Thanks! Before turning to her. 
so are you going to be volunteering next week? Same time as always, he says, obviously hitting on her, even though I'm still right here. I'm still alive. She was my date for the day. That's when I jump down from my perch and punch him right in his smug face. I'm the one person that this stuff doesn't work on. I've lived through death. Then I tell her that I don't know her, but I'm totally in love with her, and we should run off together. Maybe to our beach. She doesn't know what I'm talking about, but that's okay, because she's in love with me too. It was love at first sight. But I don't. I just sit there as the drugs begin to take hold, and the world begins to dissolve a little around the edges. From the top of the heap, I answer for her. He needs next week off. She's working on her novel. Her novel. Today's story was Last Good Day Before Goodbye, written by Ira Ratt and narrated by Josh Curran, with music by Ira Ratt and Chris Zabriskie. Be sure to head over to iraratt.com for more of his work. Go and grab Pacifier, his latest collection. Be sure to check out Miss Creation, Josh's other podcast. And you can also hear him on my other podcast, The Other Stories, a weekly short horror, sci-fi, thriller and WTF podcast. You can check out more of my work at www.lukecondor.com and that's Condor with a K or support me in my efforts at patreon.com forward slash Luke of Condor. And while you're listening to Bizarro Podcasts, why not check out the weird and wacky interview podcast Bizon, the show where host Mr. Frank interviews a ton of Bizarro fiction authors. I promise you, it is a show. And it's great. And Mr. Frank's an absolute treasure. So, this is the end. This is the end. See you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 